Welcome to the MCO Show. I'm your host, Aristotle Domingo, and joining me today are co-founders of All Else Design Studio, makers of All Else Prosthetic Covers, Ryan Palaborda and Macaulay Warner. Welcome to the show, guys, and I'm very excited for you to be here today. Um, let's start maybe with a bit of background uh, for our listeners uh, about yourselves. We'll start with that. Well, thanks for having us, Aristotle. Mm-hmm. This is going to be so fun. It's always, always good chatting with you. Awesome. Um, do, you want, do you want to throw the background out there about us? <laughs> or do you want to? I don't know. It's super different <laughs> depending on who says it. Yeah. Go for it, Ryan. We'll start with you. Because um, th- usually what I talk about is like I start back when we were in school because Macaulay and I ended up going to design school together. Like I was in the architecture program and she was in industrial design. And this project actually started way back then. Like... 2010 2010 <laughs> maybe maybe even a little bit earlier and I think from like early on it was always like I, I just always thought it was like one of the coolest things I'd ever seen and even just the approach like it was kind of interesting during school she took a lot of flack and from like the professors in the school about doing it in the first place and it was always kind of like it was more like ethics and, stuff. Yeah, and then even like at that point, you're you're always wondering like, why doesn't anything like this ever happen? Why aren't there any companies like this? And you realize that there's like, there's a lot of pushback from a lot of places that you wouldn't expect. And that was like straight from the beginning. It was just like, it was, it was so amazing. Like the people Macaulay was working with thought it was like really cool. And it was just like, why, why not? Like from the bat. And I feel like the thing like, um the pushback the ethics push pushback you have to remember that nowadays that wouldn't happen so you think that you think that like fashion and design and disability um is like pretty mainstream now because a lot of work has happened in the past 10 years but when this first started there was pushback it was like don't pair something as frivolous as fashion with disability. It's too sensitive. Like you don't want to like make people feel embarrassed. I'm like, that's the entire point by avoiding this. You're actually, that's the problem. The problem is we're pretending that people don't want to talk about, or they don't want to feel good. So you mean people that are disabled don't want cool stuff. Like it just didn't make any it just didn't register and it made no sense I'm like that's exactly the whole point of the project the project is people with disabilities are people and they also deserve great design so um that was kind of since then in the last like 10 years we're now seeing people of all different abilities on runways there's a lot more like mainstream companies featuring people with disabilities in their advertising, there's much more like representation. And we think that that's the norm, but really it's so new. That's only like a few years old. So even five years old, five years is not a long time for there to all of a sudden be representation of a quarter of our population. So, um, it's kind of it's kind of interesting that we've got to be part of this thing and then i know that was a super long-winded answer but you told us to talk lots so. you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of <laughs> no no go for it no, so, yeah. <laughs> no start on one idea and go down a totally different road so we apologize in advance 
<laughs> no, no. Well, this is great. No, there's lots of for us to break down in, in that statement said, because I do want to talk about representation. I do want to talk about, you know, being fashion forward, um, you know, and, and, and representing people with disabilities and people with different abilities, um, especially, you know, as you said, you know, moving forward and, and it being even in this last five years, it's quite new. So let's take it back to, uh, even further back. So was the concept um, of, of designing the covers part of your program at school or you had just always been interested in fashion and, and thought again, to your point and the point you were making earlier is like, why not? Like, why, not, why don't I explore this side of, of fashion? Well, that's actually exactly it. So like Ryan said, I have my master's of industrial mm -hmm. design and it was actually, I was always really interested in fashion. And in industrial design, it's more like product design. So it's like, like dishwashers or, or like headphones or, you know, it's very, it's more, it kind of felt a little bit engineering and I was always on the fashion side. And so I kind of wanted to use like the fashion approach, the self-expression, that kind of idea and figure out a way to use that approach in a way that wasn't, that people didn't look at it as being frivolous and I just thought that there was so much opportunity in the world of medical because it's kind of a really bleak industry in terms of product design like every single person who has some sort of medical device either it's a temporary thing that they have to use or it's part of their it's part of their entire life forever and how is it possible that those things aren't designed with to be personalized. So that was always kind of, that was always kind of what I look, was looking at. And I didn't know which direction I'd go at the beginning. I didn't know if I would do like hearing aids or walkers or, or like catheter bags, or, you know, there's so many things that haven't been designed in the world of medical. And then I ended up meeting through one of my um, classmates, their friend who's now one of our really good friends who was an amputee and so I was just talking to him about like what would happen if you could like personalize your prosthetic and he's like could you do that I'm like well I mean this is just like a, I'm in school like I don't know like maybe and he was so excited and he's like I've never seen anything like that before like that would have done so much for my self-esteem he's like I lost my leg to cancer when I was 16 I was ashamed he's like I was so happy I like survived cancer but I was ashamed to go outside as a 16 year old dude who I would just hated the way I looked he's like that would have been huge for me back then and then when I had that initial conversation with him his name's John Paul um we I decided that I was just going to focus on that specific thing so the covers did stem from the thesis that was the like product that I ended up like focusing on um and then Ryan, so Ryan and I actually ended up started, started dating at around that time. <laughs> and so he, we'd always go to like cafes and sketch and like stuff. So he was actually part of the project super early on and always like kind of like helping me to sort of like develop things and like push things further. And so it's kind of interesting because it's like, even back then he was, he still saw it from the very beginning. And then we ended up moving to Montreal, working in design, but uh, for a couple of years. And then we always just kept talking about the product, the project. And we we're like, we should 
like, I wonder if there's a way we can turn this from an art project into something that's real for people. Like, could we turn this into an option that people could have? And that, that took us a couple years to figure out because I, I think like a lot of times, and we heard this, especially in the first couple of years of starting the studio is so many artists do conceptual work, right? And so our thing was we didn't want to do concept work. We wanted to do stuff that when people saw it, they could have it. So because what we found was it took us like two to three years to build trust in the industry and with like amputees and with clinicians because they're like, oh, great, another cute little artist coming in and putting out something that no one can ever have. And then I have to be the one to let them down and they can never have this thing. And it's like people always throwing these conceptual things out there and then getting people's hopes up who never have options presented to them have see this rendering and it's like oh my god I want that and then never get it so we didn't want to be so we put a lot of responsibility on ourselves and we were like no we said we would do this we will make it real eight years later I feel like we're just now like delivering on those promises every every six months we just die laughing because it's like now we feel like this is working now we feel like a business now it's it just changes so much and there really was no precedent so like we kind of us and then our like main competitor we're kind of the two that sort of like built this industry so there isn't really like now there's a few more little companies here and there doing it but it's like there was not there was zero precedent you know so mm -hmm. we kind of had to figure out all the sizing ourselves figure out the market ourselves educate ourselves do all the trial and error and like yeah it's yeah so like this is to, um, on the development of that, since we're on that. So how do you, you know, and, 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 and having used uh, your products as well in the last four years, there's certainly different materials that's come along the way. So take us through that concept of an idea that you were sketching and then talk about how, you know, the idea for the materials came about, how it's, you know, you ended up with 3D printing instead of shaping, like, you would think, you know, traditional someone, you know, that that's what you would do is that you would cast the person's socket or whatever that may be, and then go from there. So what were some of the, the thought process that went behind to come up with the material that you, you work with now and the process in which you print these, uh, the covers with? It's, it's pretty interesting because I feel like with, with my background, like when I was going to school, and Macaulay was going to school, we took a really, we went to school at a really interesting time. It was like the emergence of like 3D and real digital design and fabrication for the first time. So it was like, that was really exciting. And what, what that ended up doing is like, you could, you could create things in like virtual space. And then you had all these options about how to fabricate it. And then for us, we're um, we're pretty practical in a way where it's like there's so much stuff that we do in the studio behind the scenes that never sees the light of day. We're always for us, it's fun testing materials. It's fun testing like different ways of making things. It's fun testing how those things work together. And at the end of the day, it's always about the end result. 
so it's like you know when we first came out there was like all these stories about us it's like oh how we 3d print stuff or how we do this and how we do that and for the most part it's actually we we don't talk about it because it changes so much it -hmm. changes so much the tools change the process changes because at the end of the day if we're if we're holding something in our hands and the most interesting thing about it is how we made it, we, we've totally failed. It's, it's just like to us, that's like the most, it's kind of selfish. It's kind of just like, a, I don't know. It's like when you're at a dinner party and maybe that's like an interesting thing to talk about. What is this? I always wonder where his analogies are going to go. <laughs> but it's like, but, but if the, if the, you know, the, the product you're making or the, the piece of clothing or piece of fashion isn't isn't when you hold it feels amazing it's like who cares about how you made it so that that's right. always it's kind of weird it's a really roundabout way of answering that that question well, but yeah. we always really want things to feel beautiful when you when you hold it and i feel like the the other like main thing that we tried to do from a pragmatic point of view and which dick ended up dictating our process big time was like I already touched on before is it's like if people see it they need to be able to get it we didn't want to come up we're already dealing with tons of different types of like bodies and prosthetic components and we're seeing we're never seeing people in person no one's ever seeing the product in person so the main thing that like like our thought process at the beginning, knowing nothing about the prosthetic industry was us as like broke artists, how much would we be willing to like pay for like a really nice pair of shoes? Like how much could we stomach paying? So when we first came out, I think everything was around like $450. It's like inflated a bit now just because now we know how much stuff actually costs to do but anyways we have to pay people we have to pay people (laughs) but it's like that was like 400 450 dollars that is expensive but if I was a server in like three months I could pocket a little bit of money and I could buy that if the shoes were a thousand no I'm gonna be like eh, forget it I'm gonna buy shoes for a thousand but that felt like in the realm of possibility it felt so we built our whole process around being able to deliver around that price point and it just so happened that as we got down the line it fell squarely into reimbursability without us even knowing and it took like four years for the industry to adopt it and to recognize it as an option anyways for reimbursability which it is reimbursable um and so that was kind of like that was kind of the sweet spot. So we had to figure out a way. It's like, how are we producing these? What are the materials we're using? How is it going to be like fast enough turnaround time? How can we mass customize everything? How do people order so that it's like, if they've never seen it before, that is easy enough to do. And that took us a couple of years just to figure out how to order, like just to figure out how to order. And the thing is with that, it's like our goal was we want it to feel kind of like shopping for shoes where it's like, I'm a size eight and a half shoe at Nike. I'm eight and a half at Adidas. Sometimes I'm nine. 
yeah, it's not always going to be perfect, but if you can get kind of there and people start knowing what their size is and there's a few options, then that's when people can start really thinking of it as like this thing where I can have like a few different options. I know my size, I can reorder, I can this, I can that. Like as we went, as we like kind of evolved and like learned more about the industry, there's so much more like red tape and things we had to learn about insurance and working with different states and countries and tariffs and like being a business that we've been doing behind the scenes. But like the essence of the company and the reason we started is we wanted people to feel like they could shop for a cover like they could choose. That was, and sometimes oh, really? when we get kind of lost in all the noise of all the technical administrative stuff, we always come back to that. And it's like, if we're not delivering on that, then we kind of failed. So it's like, we've developed our own software. We've developed our own process. We have like, I mean, people think we're this huge company. There's like seven of us, but we're extraordinarily efficient because that's what we've been working on. We've been building a foundation of efficiency and these systems. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like, and like Ryan said, it's like, if the technology changes and there's a different way of outputting the product, we'll, we'll change. Like well, we're not married to a process. Like if it's more efficient and it makes sense to like do something else, we'll do that. Yeah, and I think, and, I, and yeah, and, and, and thank you for highlighting that. I think that is important because this industry itself and, 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 and how it moves, the technology develops for amputees every day. And there's something new every day in this industry, albeit it's a small group of people. Um, yeah. how, but the technology changes, you know, and I remember ordering my first one to the, my, my second one. It's like, well, you know, you ask, is it, does it have a, a vacuum seal now? Or is it a key now? Is it, you know, and, and so of course your, your prosthetic changes depending on your needs of, you know, as you grow with it as well. And so I like the idea that you can, that you're always innovating and, and always making things accessible, um, not just from being able to order and being able to buy, like you said, like a shoe would, but also having the different materials and the different products and the different processes to make new products as the industry changes. And so you're making yourself accessible for people who want that specific or that custom look for, for their own, you know, identity, I guess, if you yeah. want to say that, you know, yeah, exactly. and, and you still have your artistic, I think from my end and even for, for myself anyway, that all, that creative um, outlet is still pouring, even though there is a business now and it is flowing. But that innovation and my, that innovation framework and mindset of always developing something new, I think it's great. Thanks, Aristotle. Oh, <laughs> it is. It's definitely been a wormhole. Like you, like our originally we were gonna, you know, have a design company. We were gonna use this one product as like one product in our portfolio, and we haven't done another product since. So. We had no idea the like wormhole we'd find ourselves in, but it's a cool one. <laughs> no, that is great. And, and, and so let's talk about, you know, the ordering process, I guess. So, you know, you said, you know, it's, it's online and, and so people just go on and, and talk about the, like, you know, so how do I know my size? Like what, you know, as if I am buying a shoe, I'm a, you know, I'm a size 13 or I'm a size 12. Does it sort of follow the same sizing? Or, or what are the key things, I guess, that you would look for uh, to make sure that when you're ordering, it, it is the right size for you? 
Do you want to do the ordering? You want you're, me to? Yeah, you're more more the the fitting ordering person. Well, I guess the thing is there's there is a lot of different channels now that we accommodate so it depends so the first part is it depends on what you as the end user are most comfortable with in terms of do I want to order this myself or am I going to go through my prosthetist and in that regard prosthetists order slightly different than if you were like ordering direct mm -hmm. um and really it's just the difference of prosthetists tend to like order forms like paper order forms and then they sort of like fax them into us whereas like or some people use the website but or you use the website but more or less the main the main measurements that we require and the pieces of information we would need we need to know if you're an above or below knee amputee we need to know what the length of the cover is going to be so you just like measure kind of like the front profile and we have like little measuring guides um, for the length and then we also need to know the circumference in which to make the cover so that it like adds as, mu as much symmetry to the body as possible and then that's basically it unless there's any other sort of like protruding geometry from the prosthesis so if there's any valves sticking out or if there's any you know like shock absorbers or running feet or any bigger geometry we have little adjustments for those so that's kind of like what you said it's like as we evolved you know we started learning more of these things and like working with more amputees and clinicians to sort of be able to accommodate all these different components so now we ask and our, our um, covers come with two straps that you attach and more or less as long as the straps aren't interfering with any of the mechanisms we can like change the placement and usually the cover will work and so what, yeah what's pretty interesting about the whole process that is kind of like it's right out there but no one really pays attention to it is it really turns the shopping experience on its head because how typically shopping works is companies will get mass produced amounts of stuff in a certain amount of size and style and then they'll be like mark they'll market it in a way where it's like buy this specific thing and if it fits you, great. What we've actually done is turned it so it's like we ask a couple of simple questions and try and start with like, okay, what size physically are you? And then we go from there and create it to work with that. Like it's kind of completely backwards from how shopping and manufacturing typically works. Yeah, because we always call it like mass customization. We make everything to order. So it's like we need certain information so that we can manufacture the cover. And it's kind of like, that seems pretty like common-ish now, especially with like 3D printing. And I, I think you're being pretty, like Macaulay's pretty humble about the whole thing and like like she's like oh no it's like it's like how things work out this is this is still not how things work with really anything like I, I feel like it's been like an impressive amount of work she's done behind the scenes to kind of create the software and a, a way of like doing this process that like we, we just we can't really talk about it right but it's just like it's it's a it just it's, it's like a parametric it's like a thing that more or less changes you give us inputs and it basically mm -hmm. changes and then 
it's easy enough now for us to be able to like to pump out one off things every single thing we have the ability to do like thousands and thousands without and ever mass producing anything ever and every single one being completely different yeah i've, I've always assumed that it was unique to me um when which it, you know like my you know because again in the beginning when i believe i first ordered mine i you know my, i'm pretty sure my socket was a bit bigger than what it was or than it is today and so I always thought that you don't really produce anything because of course, again, at the same time, I have to say, oh, I want the blue cover with the green paint on it, or I want this particular look. So I don't imagine, you know, rows and rows in a warehouse of all of these engines go, oh, that one works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or that one kind of fits that. So I've always thought of it as, as once I submit my order is then that's when the production actually starts for that. And it's so it's, it's, you know, it's just my size. Uh, just for me, regard you know whether or not the software had made adjustments to it or had predicted itself to say I'm going to print this out based on the measurements that I got. I still, you know, because because when you get it and and I'll you know I'll share this when you get it and you snap it on, it fits like a glove and it's great. It's like oh I don't have to, you know, to fiddle around with it or anything like that. And 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 so to me that's always been custom made for me. Uh, is how I've I've always you know, thought of the product in my head. And, and the thing is, it, it is still custom made for you. Like I said, nothing is like it is. And that's where it is kind of like interesting because it's like we've had, and on our end, we've had to figure out a way to deliver on that. And because of the like demographic of people that we're working with, it's not like we have a bunch of, you know, size one through four models here where we can mm. like you know so we did have to get pretty innovative with being able to deliver on the vast variability of every single person's body so right. it's like we get it like 95 percent of the way there now i mean it took us a lot a few years to be able to get it to fit that good the first couple of years were not no one no, no bueno good there we're so. really we're really grateful like we had we've, we've always had a really amazing and supportive clientele that that was very patient with us for years as things didn't fit like and they, they thought the it would and we didn't like we really, I feel like um, we really worked through this product together with like almost with every single one of our clients for like the first probably three or four years. Yeah, and it, it it's it's really something special that like a you you can't thank people enough for having that kind of patience and b it's like I I, I kind of feel lucky because I I don't think. I don't think that's going to happen to a lot of other people. I don't think a lot of other people are going to have that kind of patience with people working with them. So that, but that's, I also that's think, never lost on us. But I guess that's the other thing too, where it's like, I think people can feel like our genuine, like authenticity when we're like, we just want to, you know, it's like people were patient with us because they knew we were trying our hardest and there's, and I know there's like not that many other options. So it's like people, people were helping us develop this thing because no one else has really come in and done this, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, so I think people really wanted us to succeed. Like our early adopters were like, they just wanted to help and they wanted it to work for them. 
And so I feel like, especially the people at the beginning, we still have like pretty strong relationships with all those people at the beginning. Like we can remember every single person's name that we like for the first few years, like now it's like, we're a little bit more removed from a lot of the like ordering and stuff like that. But at the beginning it was Ryan and I for the first three years, just us two, there was no one else, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, we talk to every single person. I remember there was like one point where Macaulay started crying. She's like, are we not going to get to talk to like every <laughs> single person that orders this anymore? But I guess the trade-off is the stuff at the beginning wasn't that good. So we had to, and now this stuff fits well. So it's like, people don't have to waste their time talking to us. Right. No, but I, I mean that, you know, you still got that personal, I don't know, again, to me that I'm, you know, you, when was the last time I ordered? Like two years ago, I think was when last time we worked on our. Was that oh, was that, that long? I feel like yeah. COVID's weird because no because one did anything COVID. during COVID. So there's no like <laughs> landmarks of like That's what happened. That's wild, Aristotle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was two years ago. Um, oh, the last time we worked on on mine but um i i just wanted to point out as well because you touched on it um earlier on and i think this is this is something that's really cool for listeners to to know is that um that the prosthetists have access to you also in that they can do this they can do the measurements for you, for them and send that order uh for them as well and and maybe talk about that and and how you know some general guidelines on insurance coverage um, in Canada and the United States. Uh, if you can. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll start with the insurance guideline questions. So like pretty much anywhere in the world, there's there's like, you know, there's there's medical insurance for for medical stuff and prosthetics. And then just like Canada and the United States specifically, because it's easier to talk about. It's like every single province and state has different coverage like all of them and then with like prosthetics like every kind of like part part is like a line item that they can bill for and ours ours fall under in the states it's like um l5705 and l5704 yeah they're like uh specific like they're custom-made protective leg covers or custom-made um prosthetic leg covers and then in Canada, it's like, it's just different verbiage and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, there's kind of like more or less the same-ish coverage every, everywhere. So like a lot of like prosthetists are used to working with stuff because like everything they deal with is like a line item that has like a, a specific amount they can bill for. And then when they're putting um, people's prosthetics together, they like, that's a big part of their job is kind of like, um, just making sure all that checks checks the boxes for, for it's, that. It's basically, it's extraordinarily complicated. It's very, very, very complicated because for us, we don't deal in a specific region. So mm-hmm. that is where, like, when we work with prostatists, we've developed some really, like, amazing, like, relationships with some clinics. And then we get to learn a bit more about, like, how they they specifically bill in that region or like how that works and then you know we kind of like work together on like how is it going to work within their practice and this and that and it's a little bit different because everywhere is so different at the end of the day it's like we find we have success with like clinics who have like the same philosophy as us it's like they just want to provide options to their clients and we'll try and do whatever we need to do to like get them the products that they want. So 
sometimes we have like pushback from like clinics and sometimes we have like clinics that like we just have amazing relationships with and it it just is I guess we find it interesting because the longer we go on everything is complicated nothing is as like we're like there couldn't be something more specific more niche than this thing it's like it's so definable but yet now it's like it's so complicated on every level manufacturing is complicated the different types of bodies are complicated the insurance is complicated the relationships are complicated like so we're just kind of like learning but i guess a lot and even in that like macaulay said we have we have a, a lot of really good relationships with prosthetists around the world and they've really helped us make it less complicated totally you know it's like because they're they're working with people every day if they you know fit a bunch of covers and they see like an issue we kind of work through it and that's that's another thing that's helped us advance the product very quickly is we've, we've had so much really good feedback from clinicians and so many good feedback from like amputees that it's just like we 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 basically just see where where we can add all that feedback in and make everything just a little bit easier for everyone yeah and i feel like one of like to touch on um ryan's point like even about the feedback i always found that this was like an interesting thing especially because there's like a whole like now that we're in this more it's like and we've done thousands and thousands of covers now it's like we have like a pretty hefty case study to work with now right and it's like sometimes it's like we do work specifically with like amputees but a lot of times what's interesting is the feedback from amputees can be extraordinarily it's about their own experience right it's like this didn't work for me like this blah 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 whereas with when we work with prostatists they're they're working with 50 to 100 different people so the pool of knowledge that they have isn't like is it's like they know okay, well, typically there's this type of alignment, there's this type of thing, there's this type of thing. It becomes much more of a bigger scope of feedback, um, even though we try and include both, but it's like, it is interesting the type of feedback that you get because when you're working specifically with amputees, what they don't realize too sometimes is like, that's one instance of millions of different setups. Like that's, even that is specific so if there's a problem it's like it didn't work for me it's like typically this kind of thing usually works and we always try and like troubleshoot and solve it but it's like sometimes sometimes it just doesn't work sometimes you know so it's like that's always like a hard thing too when it's like okay mm -hmm. we've done like thousands of these but for some reason it just isn't gonna work specifically right. for you Right. <laughs> no, but I think that's really important. I think to know, uh, to 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 know the growth of the, the 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 line as well, and the growth of the product is that that people can access this not just from um, the website, but also through their prosthetist. And there's ways um, to actually be able to uh, to either you know uh, send it to insurance and get it covered, and then you know again that accessible fashion, right? And that and and gives you that identity back. Um, that you feel that or you may think that you have lost but you gain it through other ways and and, it, and exploring your your own creativity by saying hey this is how loud I, this is how loud I am and so I'm gonna wear you know something out of the ordinary that you don't see every day with with uh, people with limb loss and so I, I think you're giving you know 
you're giving everybody all that option to to be themselves again, I guess, if you will, and, and just, you know, with, with your creativity. So let's talk about the design and creativity then. Are all the designs still out of your head or like, or do, or do you also get people who, um, who say, I want to do this. Can you do that? Like, you know, like are, are people asking you to say, I want this design and what maybe have been the weirdest design for you to we, sort of make you go, what? <laughs> we have had a we, few of those. Yeah, we used to do like custom stuff. Like we kind of operated like a tattoo shop where people would like come to us and we work with them for a few months to flesh out the artwork. And we found out that we're not a, we're not great at that. And B, that like the way we work is like, you kind of like, we, we really did want it to be like shopping. It's like, I wanted to, we wanted it to be like the website to like walking into like a footlocker, seeing like a whole wall of stuff and being like that right there, that's me. I want that. And we found that people were like way more happy with that sort of thing. And then in, say with like what we did with you, it's like, or what, what you did is like, we do have like very so like plain options. And then you went out and like found some artists, some tattoo artists that are like pretty amazing and then stuff that you like. And then they, they kind of did that stuff. And I feel like we're starting to see a little bit more of that now. It's almost like- They personalize it themselves. Yeah, we, we, we kind of provide like a, like a shopping experience for people with like a ton of like, I don't know, last time I checked where Macaulay did the math, it was like two and a half million different variations of stuff. But it's like when it comes to like the custom stuff like that, it's like, you know, we're finding people are approaching other artists and getting them to do that themselves. And it's the the work is it's it's amazing. Like it, it's for us to see. It's like it's like we're, we were a part of that. Like, you know, it's like that's so cool. And then it was it's so it's just so fun to see. And I think like what we've also found is a lot of times people don't actually want custom stuff they see a thing that they saw someone else wearing and that's the thing that they want. They're like, oh, I kind of just wanted this one. It's like, yeah, but you just want it. Like even like we've had like ambassadors in the past being like, I love that design. I'm like, you have that design in different colors. <laughs> They're like, I do. I'm like, yeah, you have that design. They're like, oh, it looks so different in black and white. I'm like, but I think that's the thing too, where it's like, we're our next sort of like thing that we're going to, tr we're trying to um, get out is like a visualizer. So people can actually, cause there's so many options. We haven't been able to like have a color selector and everyone's like, I, I can't see the colors. I can't see the colors. And we're like, we know, but that would be like literally like millions of masks in like illustrator to like upload, but we are develop currently like developing like a color we're so close like so a color close. picker so that when people see they can see the different 400 color variations per design which totally changes what it looks and feels like and yeah it, it's kind of I guess like in a way like the way we design it's almost like we design a starting point for people like we see so so much stuff going every day where it's like you kind of look at like the cover and like the, des the design and like the color choices and you're like I wonder what that's gonna look like you're like I'd never wear that and then you kind of see pictures of people wearing it and you're like that totally works that 100% suits them and it like 
It was and, sweet. And that's, I, I think that's just the best thing in the world instead of us being like, you know what, we only really are into like athleisure and it's got to be like super minimal. And if people aren't into super minimal, I guess they just whatever, you know. So it's, it's kind of nice that it's people kind of take it and make it their own. Is yeah. that what you're trying to say? Yeah, 100 percent. Sorry. Okay. I, I kind of I realized halfway through talking, <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was talking about anymore. And I was just I was wondering if I could just kind of go out of frame. <laughs> no you were good because i was just thinking back to i think it was brian you and i worked on my first one i can't remember. you may not remember but i remember selecting just blue and green and then i get an email saying are you sure you want that green because i think this neon green is better with the blue that you selected and it was just through email like to your point Macaulay, like there wasn't like a visual for me as a what does that green look like against this blue background on my on my you know on on this like what is that going to look like you're like it's navy blue. Well, there's 80 million shades of navy. I, I don't, well, which navy blue are you talking that, about? That like brings up one of the things where it's like every now and then. I mean, I shouldn't share this, but it's like one of those one time some some prostatist like emailed us and said, "Can you just like make the cover blue?" And I, for some reason, I don't know if it's like I didn't have enough sleep, but I was like triggered. I'm like blue. <laughs> There's baby blue, there's royal blue, there's azure blue, there's like, what? There's 10,000 shades of blue. They're like, right. I don't know, just blue. I'm like, if someone's into the blue jays and we send a baby blue cover, they're not going to be happy. Right. And they're like, oh, I never really thought of that. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> we, do, we do spend a lot of time curating the curating color. Because it is, like I said, like it is kind of like a starting point. There is stuff that we really like. I feel like Macaulay is extremely good at, like, being on trend or, like, projecting trends. Mm. I'm, I'm not so good at it. I kind of, like, I'm like, this is neat. She's like, yeah, no one would wear that. But it's like, <laughs> so we, we spend a lot of time working together on, like, curating the colors and if someone wants something different we can always kind of like make that happen too right so then so when i asked for white that must have blown you off going what he's asking for white and then he sent me three swatches of white aristotle oh yeah you're like i don't care we worked in the background on like it was macaulay chelsea and i on the white and al and al al's our painter i remember looking at like 30 different kinds of white and all of us are kind of like standing around we're like oh, i don't know the way he was talking it's like oh i think he wants a cool white and it's like how's that gonna go with clothes it's like oh that looks terrible under like fluorescent lighting you so, said, like, so we do care about the color yeah so we do like even right now i think we have 32 colors and people if they want like a custom color we can always do that but it's like their specific colors that we chose because we take things pretty serious like we take things everything so seriously we, we, we probably need to lighten up a bit but it's like the colors we actually care about and it took us we only introduced four new ones recently so it's like it took us basically until now to come out with the colors that we have mm -hmm. oh that's so, yeah. great no it's just like yeah it's just, just thinking back at that i'm going i asked for white <laughs> and i'm just thinking and then they didn't send me even care no, I well, I said I wanted like the Ming Voss look, right? So it's like, what is that white? Isn't that white? <laughs> and then I get back in the mail three different white swatches, and I'm like, I want white. I don't know which white. That is so funny. You're like, I don't care. This one. And we were probably one. so happy with ourselves that we got it down to three. I, I remember us fighting a lot about the last eight. 
the last day was yeah. it al al actually was like no it needs to be creamier we're like, like okay okay like that is not <laughs> buzz white <laughs> it turned out really well though with the you know talking about talking about customizing um with a tattoo artist and and they were able to work with that and even with that there was um reincarnations of how they did that you know and so it was this particular marker first or this particular ink first and then it was like sealing it and it was the wrong seal and wow. you know and there was a lot of that 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 went on um you know until we you know they've decided i should say they they've decided on what ink to use what marker to use and um, and, and what's oh sorry go ahead i was gonna say and what's interesting is that there's you know unfortunately uh, um because of how rough i am i've chipped a lot of the 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 the, the artwork and the marker that they use is no longer available so i can't even like go back and and retrace where i had chipped it off and so now i don't know what to do because i asked and and they're like they don't make that marker anymore and um, on top of that it's like if you start going on and redrawing it with marker that's a slippery slope like that right like, <laughs> like those those drawings that they did like you you found some incredible artists and there's always the thing in the background, you start fixing things and you end up with kind of a monkey Jesus painting. Right. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like, I don't know. That's like that's, that reference. That's yeah. But no, it is. I, I, had to leave, I had to leave it alone. I think the, 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 the creative gods just said, you know what? We'll make the marker no longer available so you can't do this. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and leave it as it is kind of thing. So yeah, yeah but but that was really, that's like so cool. And I think it is one of those things where it's like, you know, the amount of, I think a lot of times, like when you actually get to the heart and soul of like the tech or, and like the technicalities of talking to artists, it's like, it was kind of fun. Like even just hearing you explain their thing. Cause I feel like a lot of artists do take those things very seriously and make it seem like a lot of thought doesn't go into it and people take it for granted. And they're just like, oh, well they just made it. And it's just this, it's like, no, like hours and hours of thought actually went into it. And the reason it looks good is because people were actually talented at what they did. Yeah. Like they were, cause I, I don't, I can't remember like the, the individual names of the artists, but they were, uh, they worked at Chronic. Chronic Inc. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they spent a lot of time. They, they, like we went a lot back and forth a lot. They're like, they're trying different markers to try and make sure it would feel like, like a tattoo and they're trying different like finishing things and stuff like that. And for us, it's like, you know, the kind of the back and forth. And, and just like the level of care, you know, like is. and level of trying to nail the detail, you know, yeah. and they did, killed it. So um, it was, so we are talking about the design and then, and moving forward, like what what are, what are, are the things that you're kind of cooking up or, or thinking about, and and how to move the design? And, and I know, you know, with the co the different covers I have, even the look and the look of it, of the covers itself, the the racer back, and I think the classic, uh, I can't recall what the other one was called now, are, are both, you know, they're they're different looks to them. Does the design itself, when you're when you're drawing, what the design look like? Does that also change along the way or 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 just people from feedback saying to you i don't like this backing or i don't like this the way it's shaped at the front like how does that kind of all come about uh, moving you know when you when you're developing for future products a lot of it is from feedback like you make stuff over time you kind of like it just it just evolves and and even just like some of it is a little bit fashion like we 
you know, you kind of look at things and you can tell it's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. It's like, it's like a sixth sense where you're just like, ah, it's starting to get dated. You kind of like update things. And then even for us, there's just always like a curiosity. It's like, what, what more can we do? Like, like everyone in our, in our company, it's like in, in their own little way, they're like, even like Al, our painter would be like, oh, if we could do this, it would feel you know, maybe this could have a different feel than anything we've ever done. And it's like, so there's that. I feel like that's all kind of like technical stuff. And then for us, mm -hmm. I think the goal is always like, if we can blur the lines between between fashion and prosthetics, I, I, I think that's the, the ultimate goal of the studio we're always chasing. Which is kind of like a cryptic thing, but it's like more or less evolving into like head to toe looks mm -hmm. where it's like, it's all considered, you know, where it's like, maybe we end up doing, we use our same process and we apply it to clothing. And then all of a sudden mm -hmm. someone can get like a full head to toe look. That's like a super current silhouette that like goes with their cover. And then that's where we can start sort of like bridging more into the mainstream, which is like ultimately like what we really wanted you know at the beginning we got so much press it's like we don't we turn down a lot of press now but it's like at the beginning there was so much and it it's flattering but at the same time it's like that double-edged sword where it's like it's flattering but then you also realize how sad it is it's like the fact that this is news means man is this it's just never been considered for people with disabilities like this is just this is a news story because it's a news story that no one gave a shit to design for people with disabilities. Like that to me always was like, thanks for the feature, but like, this is really kind of depressing, you know? So it's like, but the thing is, it's like the double-edged sword. It's like, you want to get out there more in the mainstream so that more people are seeing people with different bodies and things like that. So that it isn't as taboo and now it has sort of switched in a way where it's like now it's kind of expected that people are becoming more inclusive and seeing that and I can't believe we were kind of part of that wave you know it it really was like a social movement that happened in the last like I said like between the last five to ten years that is new and there wasn't a lot of drivers in that like Tommy Hilfiger's like one of the only like mainstream companies actually like creating and Nike has a couple of shoes but it's like the only sort of mainstream big brands creating products that people can actually get they're not just you know whereas like a lot of the other people or companies it's like it's still gimmicky it's still here you're in this ad but they don't produce products for those people you know there's there's not products they can get that specifically for their bodies. They're it's just a, used in their marketing. It's a start. But it is a start. You know, you got to no, start somewhere. I, yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. And, 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 you know, and I talk about, you know, sometimes when, when I share feature stories or, or things like that on, on my social, I'm probably going to get hate for this. But um, when people, when people, you know, write stories or when newspaper writes stories about, oh, you know, how great the neighbors pulled in, money for on a go to fund me page to provide a prosthetic and i'm like do you not see the problem here they glorify somebody crowdsourcing crowdfunding their prosthetic when that should be that means like the negative side of that is that 
somebody has to beg in order for them to live the life that they deserve. It's got exactly. it's it's really got to start going beyond charity because charity means you'll just whatever you kind of feel like that's left over at the end of the day that you think you can kind of bestow to someone else. It's like eh, they can they can have the leftovers. It has to become a mainstream, mainstream option that's rel- readily right. available that doesn't break the bank for people to get. Yeah, and like that's that actually I mean something. Yeah, and that's actually what I was excited to hear about, you know, it being covered uh, with insurance now. You know, then it becomes even more accessible for people. And yeah. it's not just a certain amount of people that can afford it. It's it it's actually something that is, you know, that I can have for myself. It's not just exclusive to somebody who can who who has the money to to buy it and 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 for, for you guys to make it affordable. It's even better now. It's it's accessible now, right? I I don't have to be important, I guess, if you want to put it that way, or I don't have to have uh, the. It's not a luxury item, and we always say, you know, amputation is not a luxury because it isn't because the cost of, of prosthetics is beyond. Yeah. You know, I, I can't even describe. Like you know, yeah. the, they they set you up for for the the, the most basic things. They can't even function and if you want to function it costs you so much more and so to learn that you know to to learn that i can wear something that will give me some semblance of normalcy or some semblance of my identity still showing through uh through the artwork i'm wearing and it's accessible and it's affordable to me i think that gives a lot of people you know uh hope maybe um and and how they go about their day because you know, I, and, and I don't know if people feel this way, but, or IPCs feel this way, but I certainly love getting the looks because of what I'm wearing. You know, whether I'm showing my metal or I'm showing my prosthetic or I'm, or I'm showing my cover, you're going to look, you might as well look at something pretty. You might as, look, might as well look at something creative on, you know, on me, kind of like just showing tattoos or, or selecting the clothes that we wear. It becomes part of us, right? And I, and I, and, and I hope that, that gets people to think about, you know, um, that that I'm kind of going on on and on about here, but it's just that fixing that mental health of of feeling normal again, of feeling well, it that, changes that, the social interaction because I feel like that's right. always been like a thing with like that's the thing with fashion. It's like it's an easy surface thing that allows the conversation to be surface, and man, is that a psychological benefit? Where it's like all of a sudden, it's like that's cool what I was looking for, and then yeah. you move, you move on instead of being like, "What happened to you?" And it's like I can't even tell you the hundreds and hundreds of people have who have told us the exact same story. That story we hear, like you, we used to hear it every day. Now we hear it a couple times a week, but it's like it changes the way people talk to me no longer are they like what happened to you are you okay is bless your soul were you in the were you in the war were you a war veteran it's like they just someone will look at them and be like sick legs walk past cool Mm -hmm. outfit and then move on and the the reason why it works is because they feel comfortable in it and that's why fundamentally all clothes work it doesn't matter if they're expensive it doesn't matter if they're even on trend, if it's something that suits you and you're comfortable with it, it's going to look great right. for, for the most part, you know, there's exceptions right. to that rule. Yeah. But even with that, like, it's like, we used to give like an analogy for people. It's like, if you really want to like think of 
because you know we're not amputees a lot of the people we know aren't amputees or even a lot of people we know don't know amputees so it's like think of it like this one day say you woke up and then someone came and they're like you can only wear like on a, a bobsled set of tights for the rest of your life and those tights are going to cost you like sixty thousand dollars and it's like well i don't feel comfortable in these tights it's like who cares that's it that's all you get try going to work in that go to a business meeting in tights you know a one oh skin yeah. hispanics you know one piece suit that that's your only option and then you're like i don't really feel this doesn't i don't feel right and yeah. the answer is well at least you can still walk there though right mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like it's like yeah i can physically walk to my business meeting and i can sit in a social setting where no one else is an amputee or no one else is like wearing this no one else is wearing this one piece skin suit only i am i can physically get there yeah. but what is it doing to your mental health right right and it's like people like and that analogy it's like we, i feel like sometimes we forget about it i'm glad that you like re-brought that back because that's exactly a one but it, it's, it's a bit clunky but it, it gets it's it is kind of the thing and not everyone's gonna love a cover and we're not saying every person needs a cover but it's like the fact that the option is there for the people who do want it it does matter for them like some Absolutely. people don't care about the cover some people will never not have a cover again you know and it's like and for them that matters you know it's just like you know wearing your best suit right it gives you that confidence so if, if that cover gives you the confidence absolutely and that's why people select you know the creative uh covers that, that you guys have or some people use the the skin covers that make yeah. that make it look it like they're matter. like because it gives them that confidence right and that's i think that's the whole point of it all it's just i'm wearing this because it gives me the confidence that i need to go about my day and it doesn't affect my social life at all totally in and a I negative way right so and that's always something we try and get across where it's like, we're not pushing our product on people. We're not going out and like actively like selling this on people. It's just like, we just want an option that you can decide if you want it or not. And if the market decides, people decide if they want it, not us. Mm -hmm. if, if someone wants it, they want it. If and, they don't, who cares? And a funny thing about that is like, since the beginning of our company, we don't get as much pushback about it now because we're pretty stubborn and people are tired of, fighting with us about it but the price like we know it's not it's not cheap but it's affordable and like we've had advice from whether it's like mentors or kind of like industry heads and stuff like that where they're like there's no one else doing this like your price should be like up here like you guys are stupid like you guys need to be charging way more for these things and it, we always like stuck to that idea it's like it has to be in the realm of possibility for people. And if we're gonna be successful as a company, it's cause it adds value to people's lives mm -hmm. and they can afford it. We're not gonna make a living off of like, oh, there's nothing else out there. It's like, yeah, you right. know? So that's, that was always kind of like, I don't know, people stop bugging us about raising the price cause we just don't listen right. to so. no, I, I Again, I think with the addition of knowing now or learning now that it, you know, you can get coverage for it. I think it's even, like I said, it's even more accessible now, not just from an affordability thing, but it's like, oh, I can get this because I could get some coverage. Absolutely, why not? You know, and to your point, we'll call it, it's not for everybody. You may not yeah. want to cover, you know, yeah. and for those of us that do, and those of us, you know, who, who shop for, you know, the latest and greatest fashion and it matches my clothes, <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm a, I've become, I've always been a shoe whore, but 
you know, but um, I'm more of a, an even more of a shoe hard now because it doesn't wrinkle, right? So my, my shoes look perfectly new each time, like every time I put it on because it doesn't wrinkle because of my prosthetics. So it's like, great, you know, and it's funny, an actress, an actress actually told me that. She's like, oh, great shoes. I guess they won't wrinkle. And then for a minute there, I'm like, what? And then I was thinking, that oh yeah, it doesn't. so true. Because I won't have to bend, like I, it doesn't bend. So my leather shoes I will never have, have a wrinkle on it. I never thought of right? that. So. That is so true. You have like state-of-the-art, like, you know, Yeezys or yeah, whatever. Exactly, right? It'll never look like it's wrinkled or it's it's been it's been worn so many times. And so I was like, oh yeah, so that funny. makes sense. So why not buy, you know, why not buy the more expensive shoes instead of the $40 shoe? Now I can get the, the Yeezys and the, you know, the, yeah, the brand exactly. new, uh, you know, Adidas that comes out or whatever. But anyway, that's just my, my, my shoe whore lifestyle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome, you guys. But, um, um, but where can people find more and learn more about you? I guess like most of the, there's the, the website, allels.ca or allels.com um or our instagram i feel like our instagram is like the main our main source of like putting mm-hmm. stories out there or stuff or even like communicating with us for the most part and then allels is spelled a-l-l-e-l-e-s the worst word ever to spell so many l's but yeah but is that that's why it's called all l's right it's it's all l's the letter l's yes right Thank that's you. how that's how i've always because people have asked me they're like how do you say that i'm like all else because it's all letter else exactly <laughs> you are like one of the very few people who get who get that yeah it, it's also kind of like a play on there's the alleles is a like genetic term for like a variation of a gene so we always mm. kind of thought of it as like you know, we're, we're designing for what makes people special. Like the dip, the differences aren't the things that people are trying to hide. It's like the stuff that, you know, it's, it's what makes us us. Right. Otherwise we'd all be exactly the same. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then the, the L's it's like, there's a bunch of things that are all the same, but the difference is represented by the backwards L. So if you really right. wanted to get into like the deep poetic part of it, we designed for like the third L, which is like the backwards L. We're so deep. We're so, we're so deep. That's See, our, like and, artsy and, stuff. Yeah. And, and as an artist, I got that right away. I was like, oh, this is like all the, when I saw your logo the very time, I'm like, oh, it's all letter L's. And, you know, and they're just back, some of them are backwards. I was like, that's that why it's called so all else. <laughs> that used to be when we first started, used to be like our webpage domain. It was like L, L, L. Yeah, it was well, it was like seven L's dot it's all that, yeah. or dot com or whatever. And then it was like even like at the so beginning, bad. we just forget how many L's it was, and then we confronted it and we're just like, okay, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like no one knows what this we've is. We've we've gone too far. Yeah. But hey, you know, but that's but that's the whole point about innovation and everything else, right? You you grow and you move and and your products grow and and the product line grows and it's bigger and bigger now. Every time I, I look, I'm like, oh, I want that one, that one, that one, that one. It's like no, you're not a shoe whore. You know, you're a shoe whore. Yeah, yeah. you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Oh, this is awesome. And thank you so much for spending the time with me today. I want to thank Ryan and Macaulay of All Else Design Studio for joining me today. I'll share all the links on my website at www.airsaltdominion.com. Thank you for tuning in. If you have any comments, questions, or show ideas, please connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at The Epic Show. Until next time, I'm your host, Airsalt Domingo, and this has been The Epic Show Podcast.